Triple Play Fantasy's football show with D. Mindy, Brastadamus, Doc, and Johnny Foosball starts now. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome in to another episode of the Triple Play Fantasy Football Show, a proud member of the Fantrax Podcast Network and the FantraxHQ.com fam. Mendy here, joined, as always, by a man who I think wishes he attended Pacific Coast Academy. It's the doc, Eric Mendelson. What's going on? Look at him. He's muted. Amateur. <laughs> My microphone turned off. Why do you think I wanted to go there? <laughs> uh, that just says it all, I guess. You're just accepting my insult. We'll move on. Of course, <laughs> can't forget the music man of the Triple Play Twitter account, the birthday boy, the Brad Stradamus, Brad Kilgore. How's it going, my friend? It's going great, man. Can't complain. Another year of life. I'm looking more handsome and more beautiful than ever. I'm, I'm even wow. smarter than I was yesterday. It's just, wow. it's just a beautiful way to live, and I'm happy to be here. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. You double as a model in your free time, right? <laughs> Only in my head. I like it. I like it. Well, no Johnny Foosball tonight, but what if I told you that we brought somebody even better? That's right, fellas. Tonight, we welcome in a man. No, we welcome in a dude. That talks sports. That's right. A four-time Emmy Award winner from Amazon Prime and DirecTV used to see this next-gen stats analyst face on NFL Fantasy Live. Now you can catch him hosting his own podcast, Fantasy Five, as well as being a new co-owner of Reception Perception. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the flexi clean comrade, our Maury Kovic, <laughs> our Air Yards Fryer friend, Jimmy K, aka James Co. What's going on, man? Wow, you hit a lot of points there, bro. I appreciate the introduction, no <laughs> doubt, man. It's good to be part of the show. Wow, you hit some deep cuts too, man. Like you know, he I mean, stalks you. I I like it, man. Like talking about you know various skits that I've done, fantasy infomercials that I've done, man. Like I'm I'm appreciative. I appreciate that, bro. Hey, man. He knows your he knows your social security number, your credit card numbers. <laughs> He's a deep diver. <laughs> You guys are making me seem cool, and now you make me seem creepy, all in the same sentence. So <laughs> that's uh, what brothers do. Yeah, but but I had to start off first, man. The YouTube channel, I checked it out. It is so dope. I mean, I, I just show our viewers that are watching a couple of screenshots oh, of uh, some of the uh, incredible stuff you're doing. I mean, I, it, I was just literally in awe. I was like, how is this dude so <laughs> freaking creative with all the stuff that he does on his channel? Where does that come from, man? Because that is awesome. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate that. Yeah. And you know, the whole YouTube thing, that's like new for me, you know, I mean, first of all, I love YouTube, but I've, you know, um, I, I, but I've been a consumer, uh, and not a, you know, content creator, but, um, but you know, this off season, I'm a little bit more dedicated to kind of building my brand on, on YouTube. Um, would love for people to subscribe. I promise you, it's not going to be just old stuff, which is, it's all old stuff right now, but we got new things coming down the pipeline. Um, uh, I've got new shows that we're developing, um, and yeah, man, it's just going to be a lot of fun this year. So I, I would encourage folks to kind of just check out the YouTube and if you would like and subscribe, man, like I'd be very appreciative of that. No doubt. Um, in terms of, uh, of like where the stuff comes from, it's just all off the dome, you know, like sometimes I get questions like, Oh, like, you know, does like, do you have like writers? Do you got like producers? Like, as if it was like that fancy. It's like, it's not that fancy dog. Like, <laughs> like I I'm working off of like scratch paper and like Google docs, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's really not that uh, organic. Like, yeah. You know, it's just off the top of the dome. I've got a great team and listen, I don't, I don't want to detract from my team. I got a great team. I got a great editor that does stuff. Um, I got a producer that I work with. Um, and, and, and he's like my muse, you know, we're just bouncing crazy ideas off of each other, whatever. So it's cool, man. Um, so I, I gotta, I do have a great team there, but yeah, in terms of like the Genesis of like, you know, 99% of these, um, of the scripts and 99% and of the ideas, it's just, I don't know, man. Like, I'm just a weird dude, I guess, you know, like I just try to think about fantasy football in a different way. And, um, I just try to pack some, you know, information into these weird, crazy skits and, 
I don't know. People must like him, so, I, so I'm, I'm down. So, James, I don't want to turn this into too much of an interview, but so I, I, my background's in economics, and I went on to be a stock analyst. But I think you're a journalism. I'm I'm curious, like, how did you get into this industry, and when did you know, like, you wanted to do it as your your way of life? Um, you know, for me, it's 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 kind of a long winding road because um, I knew I wanted to do sports. Um, I wanted to be a sports broadcaster growing up. I, I actually admired sports broadcasters um, even more really than the athletes, you know, like I think about like Keith Jackson growing up college football, um, you know, Chick Hearn um, as a basketball head. Like um, I just love these guys that were calling games like sports center anchors. Like I think about Stuart Scott, or Chris Berman, like I loved Chris Berman. You know what I'm saying? Um, I, I watched a lot of pro wrestling when I was a kid too. Like Jim <laughs> Ross was like a freaking hero, man. Like I love Jim Ross. I loved good old Jr. You know, um, and so yeah, it's it's funny. Like I gravitated more towards the guys calling the sports um, than the than some of the actual athletes, you know. Um, but I grew up uh, like. I'm, I'm an ethnic kid, man. Like, you know, like my parents are immigrants. You know what I'm saying? Like I myself um, was born in South Korea. Like English to me is a second language as crazy as that might sound. Right. Like and to me, I didn't know nobody um, in media. Mm. I didn't know nobody in journalism. I didn't know anybody in this field. So like pursuing it was like this totally new, weird, crazy concept. Um, and keep in mind, too, like I'm older than y'all. You know what I'm saying? Like, so like YouTube, when I was coming up, had just started, you know, like I, w I came up in a pre YouTube world. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, um, social media. Pff, that was like brand new too. like definitely like social media content, like content creators. Like, no, nobody was doing content creation. You know what I mean? It was it was all like cat pictures and like pictures of your breakfast and stuff. You know. What I mean? <laughs> so it was just different. You know what I'm saying? But I, I wanted to kind of um, at some point, I just figured Hey, like I actually had a real job and, um, and at some point I was just like, you know what, man, let me just see if I could do it. Um, and I think I've kind of sort of made a, a long career, a successful career, kind of just saying to myself, let's just see if you can do it. Let's just um, see what happens. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I've always had faith in myself and I've always bet on myself. Um, and I've, and I've been pretty good. I think about coming up with clear plans, like, all right, so I, I got I got this game plan, and and if this game plan don't work, it's cool. I got a backup game plan. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? So I never feel like I never feel desperate. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I'm I'm always kind of sort of like just taking one step forward and just always moving forward and everything. And yeah, man, it's it's worked out pretty good. Yeah, I mean, if to be honest, you look, you type your name in on YouTube, and there's 50 bazillion podcasts you're on. Then you have your own YouTube channel, all the great content you're producing. You find yourself on Twitter, obviously, doing your thing on Twitter, have the follower ratio you have, have, you know, you're verified, all the good stuff. I mean, you are, if there's anybody that I would like to put money down on the odds that you're going to make it, it's you, my friend. So no, uh, I appreciate that. Thank you. And, you know, shout out to you for going on the, the small pods, the people who are just asking you just, you know, out of the goodness of your heart, if you want to come around and, and shoot the ship, talk football a little bit. So that's, that's, uh, that's well appreciated for, you know, people that have your, your credentials. Man, I, my, that, that's the thing for me, you know, it's like for me, I, I enjoy coming onto pods and just talking football, talking shop, talking about my career, talking about whatever. Like, I mean, that's what I do, right? Like, that's my living. That's I make a living off of talking to people. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. um, and, and for me, it's like if I could ever help somebody, um, you know, get off the ground or whatever, if they're trying to pursue this or whatever, like, who am I to say no? You know, I'm not, I'm not Matt Barry. Like I don't get like a million requests. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> it's all good. Like, and, and, and by the way, shout out to Matt Barry. Cause he'll do small pods too, you know, like, but my DMS are open. And um, if people invite me onto their podcast, I try my best, especially during the off season, like when the regular season happens and I'm working, you know, 12 hours a day, six days a week, like probably not. But, um, but yeah, during the off season, Come on, bro. Like, you know, what the hell else am I doing? So it's either this or play video games. So I might as well be doing this. Hey, well, we are appreciative. We love having you on the show tonight. Got a lot of fun stuff we're going to talk with you about tonight because we have free agency winners and losers. And with the flurry of the NFL free agency coming to a close, it's now the point where we can analyze and reflect who won and who lost free agency heading to the draft, which is now under a month away. 
We're going to be looking at certain players, fantasy values, teams, coaches, whatever James wants. This is his show. We are just going to, <laughs> to live in it right now. So after that, we'll do our question and game of the week, which is going to be hosted by the birthday boy and keeping it close to his chest and not letting anybody know what it is. So make sure you stay tuned for that. So everybody, I'd like you to know, are you guys ready to get another episode started? Because if you are, man, we are here to do it for you. Let's do it! Yeah! Yeah! James, I hope I didn't scare you away with that. Hell, I'm ready. I'm pumped. Now I'm fired up. Let's go. All See right. that production value? <laughs> <laughs> so we got to start off right off the bat. The Miami Dolphins agreed to trade the number three overall pick to the 49ers for the number 12 pick, a 2021 third rounder, and first round picks in 2022 and 2023. The Niners may have used, may plan to use that selection for their next quarterback. However, it's right. been said Jimmy Garoppolo is staying put. Staying put. The Dolphins then quickly pivoted and did another blockbuster, dealing the 12 and then the number 123 and a 2022 first to the Eagles for the number six and 156 pick. So a lot of movement here. I'd like to take a look at the Niners side first. The Niners obviously, again, looking to take a quarterback that's not Trevor Lawrence. A lot of different names out there. James, I'm interested from the Niners side. Do you like this trade for them and where do you think they go? James, there's one Um, right answer. (laughs) <laughs> there's a, there's only one right answer. <laughs> yeah, let's let's hear. He's, it. he's a Niners let, fan. Well, let me let me just say this: if it if it is for Mac Jones, and and we're seeing a lot of reports that they're enamored with Mac Jones out of Alabama, it's an absolute disaster trade. Um, it's Daniel Jones all over. As a matter of fact, it's worse than the the the, the Giants uh, selecting Daniel Jones. You know, like at least they didn't move three first round. Like it would be an abject disaster if it was Mac Jones. Who, um, and again, I'm not you know, a scouting guy. Okay. But, um, you can't convince me that Mac Jones is, is anything like you just can't do it. <laughs> like, I think, I think he's a fine player. Um, I think he'll be like at his ceiling. He's like, you know, I don't know. Like his ceiling. He's maybe Kirk cousins. That's his ceiling. Like he's mm-hmm. maybe a top 15 quarterback in the NFL. Maybe, um, at some point, and at some point, meaning like two, three years down the road, but I don't care what anybody tells me. I I don't see a huge future for um, for Mac Jones. Now he could end up in the right system, in the right place, with the right players, and and be successful. Um, but he, I don't think he is scheme agnostic. Like I think he needs the right scheme. I think he needs the right players. Playing with Alabama, playing with all these like a huge offensive line with the great weapons all over the field, and um, and just dominating players. Uh, and really just having like multiple bye weeks, essentially playing some of these lesser competition. Um, that's different than playing in the NFL, as we saw with Tua, uh, Tua as well in Miami. Okay. Now that being said, if it's not Mac Jones, I am intrigued by Zach Wilson, um, hyper-athletic guy, big arm, can make all the throws. Um, and, and Justin Fields too, you know, um, we're talking about a guy that just ran a four, 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 40 and I know pro day forties are all, um, you know, hyper inflated, but I think that either Justin Fields or Zach Wilson, I think, I think both of those guys would be fine moves. Uh, if you wanted to move up to three and take either one of those guys, Trey Lance is somebody that I haven't done a lot of, um, tape grinding on yet. So I'm not, I don't have an opinion on Trey Lance. Um, but you know, obviously a lot of scouts are pretty high on him too. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, I think I'm very curious to see where they're going to go with this. Obviously, the Mac Jones hype is starting to get really real right now. Doc, I, you know I have to go to you next because you are the Niners fan. When this trade went down, you were cursing in our group chats. You were calling for John Lynch's head on a stake. So tell us, what do you think of this trade, just so the people know? And then also, how would you feel about the different directions of quarterbacks? So I think it's an awful trade. And I don't mind getting a quarterback, but I mind everything they've given up. And to me, I don't make sense of what John Lynch has done. He's given out a lot of really bad contracts and draft picks, trading for D4, trading up for Brandon Ayuk when there wasn't a demand there, trading away DeForest Buckner so he didn't have to pay him. And then when we're when we have a pretty full team, I would have rather us had a bridge quarterback. I would have rather gone with Gardner Minshew. I would have gone with Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, we got to the Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo throwing eight passes. So 
I don't think that we needed to mortgage our future for a franchise quarterback because we're going to have to pay Nick Bosa. We're going to have to pay Fred Warner. So the fact that we still have Jimmy Garoppolo and we're going to trade our future to get a quarterback at three, just to me, they try to be too fancy. They try to be too mum. They think they know better than everyone else. They think by keeping things close to their chest that it's not going to give them a competitive advantage. That being said, I have heard Mac Jones as the favorite because he does short throws. He's good at reading RPO, which is important in Shanahan's system. To me, I don't really care who they take. They just need to hit it. Yeah, I mean, it's very interesting. We're going to have probably the first, second, and third pick all be quarterbacks. We're in a very different time than how it used to go. Let's Maybe look at the other four or five. It could be. There, I mean, it's less than a month away. But let's go to the other side of it really quick here. And the Dolphins, who were wheeling and dealing, uh, basically traded three spots back and got a first-round pick when the dust kind of settled. And it's kind of funny to think about that Laramie Tunsil wearing a gas mask pretty much just helped, <laughs> Miami, <laughs> helped secure Miami's that future. Is, that is pretty true. So, the butterfly uh, effect of the, of the NFL. It is. Uh, so, James, I'll go to you first, and then, Brad, I'll have you touch on it. What do you think the, the Dolphins, should they go – Obviously, just the best skill player available between Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, Devonta Smith. Is there one that, in your mind, better fit for them? Where do you, what do you think the Dolphins should be doing here? Um, it, it's really interesting, you know, because, um, you know, Doc was talking about, you know, uh, the Niners giving up all this draft capital. I, I actually think it was a bad trade. I think it's a worse trade for the Dolphins. Like, you're moving mm. from 12 to 6. Like, I don't really – why would you I, – I, I, basically, if you're not taking a quarterback, what are you doing? Like, I don't really, I guess I don't really understand. And I guess you could look at six and say, well, um, they're not going to be able to get Jamar Chase. And I think Jamar Chase is a special player. Um, but moving that kind of draft capital for anything other than a quarterback, even for a wide receiver, um, I think is, I don't know, man. I, I'm just not, I'm not about that life, you know? Um, and, and two, I think, I think it really depends on where your team is at. This is a very long way for me of, of saying I think they're going to take Jamar Chase, but I think it really depends on where they're at. You know, like the Niners right now, they are locked and loaded. They're ready to, to make a run, um, and they are a quarterback away. I don't care what the hell they say about Jimmy G. Like, he's they're, he's going to be replaced by week six, right? Um, and they're hoping that quarterback is lightning in a bottle and can help them take them – uh, to the Super Bowl this year and the coming year and the following years on a rookie contract while they are paying their defense, right? Um, that's their strategy. I think it's a proven strategy in the NFL. I think it's a smart strategy. Dolphins, they're, they're not there. Like, I get it. Double-digit wins last year, um, but it's a tough division. Um, and I just don't think, I don't know. I mean, maybe Tua develops and maybe it's possible, um, but I certainly did not like what I saw last year. And you could say, oh, well, he didn't have the weapons. He had a banged up Devontae Parker, and that's it. Okay, now the only problem with that, though, is that we saw what Ryan Fitzpatrick did with that exact same cast of characters. The exact same cast of characters. And it was night and day. Um, and, and so I don't think they're that close, especially not with Tua, because I think he need, does need to develop for the next couple of years. Um, so moving up to six when you're not that close to me is a bit of a mistake, but I do think that they're probably looking at Jamar chase there. Um, and listen, Jamar chase is a special player. Um, and so will the fan base be mad if Jamar chase ends up being like OBJ? No, they're not going to be mad. You know what I mean? Like they'll be fine with it. Um, and, and Jamar chase, I think is a special player. Um, but it's just curious to me because giving up first round draft capital to move up six spots, Ah, oh boy, that's that's tough. That's a tough ask uh, in the NFL, but we shall see. Yeah, bro, I'm interested to hear your thoughts as well. And, and some of the things that crossed my mind is what if it was to move up for the tackle Sewell from Oregon? Because if they get to re basically replace Laramie Tunsil, um, yeah, and maybe that's, that's maybe that's what they're looking at to have a someone to protect, uh, even though it wouldn't be to his blind side, but uh, just somebody on that line. Brad, where do you think they should go with this pick? You know, it's it's really interesting. I, my take differs a little bit from James. You know, I I don't look at the 49ers as a quarterback away because they had kind of a, a middling defense last year. And that running game is very strong. But, you know, you look at the skill positions and it's like, you know, Brandon Ayuk and who it's it's a very 
it's a very kind of middling defense with skill positions that I don't know they're going to replicate that their their stats that they had last year. So when I see a trade like what the 49ers did, which was essentially mortgaging your future because you have a chance to win now with just this missing piece, that didn't make a lot of sense to me. So um, I don't think whoever they draft, whoever the 49ers draft this year at that pick is going to be better than Jimmy Garoppolo will be this year just because they're rookies and it's going to take time. Um, as for the, the Dolphins, I thought they were more you know, a quarterback away than than the 49ers. You know, they had a top flight defense last year. Um, that head coach has really turned things around, and it, it, it kind of impressed me. I, I wouldn't have pegged the, the Dolphins for, you know, a double-digit win team last year, but they did it, and, you know, they did it with without having, you know, brand names at the skill positions, right? Like they, they kind of have a running back by committee situation in Miami, but it's, it's effective. It's working well. And then they have Devontae Parker, who kind of showed himself to be a number one for the first time. And now I think if they just add, you know, a Jamar Chase or a Devontae Smith, I think they can really do wonders with it with their offense. And I think, you know, provided Tua takes that jump, which is what I think that they did. I think they made that bet that Tua is going to take a jump and they don't need to draft a quarterback when they traded down. I think that's what the bet was. So um, I, in my eyes, I think it would be smart for them to draft a, you know, a Jamar Chase or Devonta Smith to kind of partner with 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 uh, Devonte Parker. Um, I like the Sewell talk. That that's really interesting. You know, protect your quarterback regardless of who's going to be the quarterback over the next few years. Um, what's interesting to me is that Kyle Pitts. I think he would be an awesome fit there. That's who I have them getting. Yeah, but they. I just I hate taking tight ends that high, and right, he would be too. a tight end or a slot right. or a slot wide receiver. I I just don't, I don't love it. Um, I think he'd be great for their offense. And, you know, Gusecki's been he's been excellent. He he really came on. So I I, I think their move is to take a wide receiver. And I, I'd like to see that from them. And I, you know, if Tua makes a jump, if he's just if Tua's the 15th quarterback in the league next year, the Dolphins are a playoff team and they're and they've got like a bright future ahead of them. So here's here's my only reason of why I think they take Pitts, because keep in mind, you know, it's a business as well that took or played his college ball at Florida playing for the Dolphins big name. I could see that selling some tickets, especially when a lot of uh, arenas didn't even, or stadiums didn't even allow fans in this year. So I think if you're in the NFL said today, they're allowing hundred or the plan is to allow full capacity that if you can bring in names to sell tickets, I think that's what teams are going to be looking at as well. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I think uh, come draft day, I would be sure they this point probably are obviously going one of the four guys we mentioned unless they trade back. So it'll be interesting to see which direction they do want to go in. A couple other bit of news here. We can kind of just touch on them really quick. Leonard Fournette going back to the Bucks. They're keeping the band back together Love and running it. it back. Just a thumbs up from both of you guys. Is that a good thing? You are you are you guys for it for fantasy? It's a good thing. They got two starting running backs. It's it's a good thing always. <laughs> All right. Uh, after making multiple attempts at, to acquire big name wide receivers, the Ravens brought in Sammy Watkins on a one year deal worth up to six million dollars. Is he worth a late round flyer to you guys for week one? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what, I I have a little bit of a so Sammy Watkins, he's got a soft spot in my heart, man. I, I know he does for you too, Dave, since you're the Chiefs fan. But I really think the Ravens. They learned they learned something interesting from last year. They learned that they're a two tight end offense, and that's what they're best at, and that's what they need to keep doing. If they put Sammy Watkins as like that slot, as that you know kind of tight end hybrid kind of player, because he doesn't have that like breakout speed, he's more of a bigger wide receiver. I think he can really fulfill you know the magic that Lamar had in that that MVP season when they were running two tight end sets. I think that if they replace you know. You know, just have Mark Andrews and Sammy Watkins as their, you know, effective two tight ends. I think that's going to do wonders for Lamar in the passing game. So I, I really love that signing. Agreed. I think it's a better real life move than fantasy. I don't really know too many people are going to be trying to go out of their way to acquire Sammy Watkins on a run first offense where he's going to be the third option in the passing game. So we'll see how that plays out. Last bit of news we'll get who here. 17 game season. Just really quick around. James, are you a fan? No. um i don't know man like it's going to be like this weird thing of like um competitive imbalance like there's going to be a lot of teams that get an additional home game versus like a team that gets one less home game 
Um, I don't, I'm not sure how it's going to work with the division play as well. Like, it seems like it just seems like you're opening a can of worms. It's just going to be, um, you know, opening yourself to a lot of competitive imbalance. Um, so I'm curious to see how they, they work around it. Um, part of it too, is just kind of like, I mean, it's a bad deal for the players. I, I really don't understand, um, why they would agree to that, but whatever. Um, but yeah, uh, from a fan perspective, you get an extra week of football. I mean, I guess that's cool, you know, um, but I kind of sort of like the way it was before. So um, I guess for me, it's either 16 or 18 for all the reasons I just listed, you know, and if you're going to yeah, go 18, yeah. just get rid of the preseason, you know, and just um, and just have these guys play 18. But I don't know. It just seems odd. Yeah, I think I liked week 17. Week 17, such an odd number. No one likes the number 17 to have that be the last week of the season. <laughs> I think fit well. So it's going to be a weird adjustment. Brad and Eric, just give me a thumbs up. If you guys are a fan or thumbs down. Goodbye. All records that have stayed that have been uh, to this point. Everything right. is going to be tainted. Every, every, every tackle is like a mini car crash, right? Like adding a yeah. 17th game to this is it's really going to shorten a lot of players careers. Like over the long right. term, I get, yeah. you know, the capitalism of it all, you know, it's going to be more money, which also means more money for the players as well. But, I, I just I don't love it for the long term, you know, of the NFL. I agree. I think we'll have to see an adjustment on that maybe going forward, but it's all about money right now. So that's the focus of that. But if you like hearing James voice and maybe these other two a little bit, make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button wherever you find your podcast. And if you want to hear more triple play, great news for you. We have a fantasy baseball and a basketball show that you can check out available anywhere you get your podcasts. If you're enjoying the content about lighting up that podcast app with a five-star rating and review to support the show. Check out our website, triple play or tripplayfantasy.com. Articles, all our podcasts, YouTube videos, and more can be found at the Mecca of Triple Play Fantasy. If you want to check us out on The Bird, we're at Triple Play Fantasy on Twitter. Eric and Brad run that social media, provide daily questions, expressing upsetting feelings with the 49ers activity, and of course, our weekly episode drops. Now, fellas, I guarantee you, if you were to take a random street poll of your favorite fantasy football podcast, you get a ton saying the fun, the fantasy footballers, the fantasy focus, fantasy pros, all of the great podcasts out there, and there's nothing wrong with them. But my question to you is, all your competition is listening to them too. How are you gaining an advantage? You could be putting in all these hours listening and losing a lot of your money, just like you would be on the stock on the stock market. So, listen, buddy, I want to help you guys out here. Make sure you put on triple play, differentiate yourself from your friends, because when you listen to us, we become your friends and we could all use more free friendship out there. So thank you to all our loyal listeners and continued support each and every single week. If you're watching the live version, we are not going anywhere. But if you're listening to the podcast version, we'll be jumping right into free agency winners and losers right after this quick break. Free agency winners and losers. All right, fellas, let's give the people what they want, what they came here for. Two winners and two losers from each of you guys. The sweet, sweet, I was going to say the sweet 16, but John's not here. So whatever the equivalent is of 12, uh, <laughs> fantasy goodness, they can digest here. So let's start. Let's be positive first. James, it could be a team, a player, could be anything you want. Give us your first winner. Um, I really like Curtis Samuel with Washington. You know, he's going to pair with Ryan Fitzpatrick. And um, I know Fitzpatrick is, is a journeyman, but uh, he has been, you know, He's been a fantasy godsend to wide receivers, uh, quite frankly, that he's played with. So I think him, uh, you know, going alongside Terry McLaurin uh, forms a formidable one-two punch. And, and I like the fact that Curtis Samuel can kind of sort of move all over the field. Um, so for me, I think he pairs perfectly with what Terry McLaurin is going to be able to do. Um, and really, honestly, it's kind of sort of a sneaky good offense there in Washington. If Ryan Fitzpatrick is as advertised, um, you've got Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, you know, as your outside guys, you know, you've got Logan Thomas kind of working that seam area, Antonio Gibson, a converted wide receiver slash running back. Um, this is actually low key a pretty good looking offense from a peace perspective. I think their offensive line is okay as well. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, yeah, I kind of sort of sneaky like Washington this year. I kind of sort of think they're going to be um, a really good value in, in most fantasy spots. Oh yeah. That's the way to kick us off. Some nice positivity. I love the take James. And you're giving it right to the Washington fan himself. It's like a perfect transition, go. doing my job for me. Brad, I mean, listen, 
Uh, I, I just wanted to just piggyback on that, but just uh, Curtis Samuel was the wide receiver 24 last year. And that's playing yes. with Teddy Bridgewater. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, it's not like we're talking about a guy who has not come of age. Like, no, this guy's top 25 wide receiver last year. Now he gets to play alongside Terry McLaurin and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Sign me up. You know what and, I mean? Like, and I mean, he excels at, he excels at motion and that's all, you know, Washington yeah, does. Yeah. They just, they're yeah, just yeah, putting yeah. their, their wide receivers back and forth and, and letting them run free. And it's, you know, I, I agree with you completely. It's a great pick. And, you know, Washington was also one of my winners because, you know, at the end of the day, they had a very stout defense last year. It's oh, yeah. pretty much the only reason they made the playoffs, you know, combined with Dak Prescott getting injured and, and Saquon Barkley getting injured. <laughs> so it's going to be interesting to see how that defense fares this year in the NFC East. But um, I, I just think they filled a lot of holes in their team that, you know, they're – their deficiencies are really just quarterback and tight end, right? And tight end, he did very well last year. It's just not a brand name. You know, he's he's kind of he's a converted quarterback, right? So right. he's he's really just come into his own and and he's proved that he can do he can do what he needs to do to, you know, block and catch. And he did very well last year, but I don't know that you want to build your franchise around that. Hmm. So um I thought that they needed a bridge quarterback this year. And Ryan Fitzpatrick is the first that he's like the 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 picture of a bridge quarterback he's he's going to be average for you he's going to give you some four touchdown games he's going to give you some four interception games but at the end of the day he's he's going to give you what you need to win he's the reason why you know Tua was getting subbed in and subbed out last last year it's it's just he can give you what you need and I think if you put the weapons around him it can be a, a semi-explosive offense and they put the weapons around him so I'm excited to see what they do but my my second winner was absolutely the Patriots. Um, they kind of had a, a mixture of luck and intelligence. They they kind of gathered all their cap up so they could spend in free agency. And lucky for them, it was a year where the cap got shrunken and a lot of good players had to be cut. In which case, the 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 Patriots could you know pick them up. So they spent a lot of guaranteed money this year, and they got back to their their two tight end sets, their two tight end ways with Hunter Henry. And I, I'm, I'm really excited to see what they do, man. I I think Cam Newton can be – I don't think he can be 100% of what he was, obviously. But even if he's like 60% of MVP Cam Newton, that's a playoff team. So I, I don't know. I'm excited to see what they do next year with – especially with their defensive um, – uh, the players that sat out last year because of COVID, they're coming back this year. So I'm excited to see what they do. That was a great point. And James, I want to go back to you for a really important fantasy question regarding the Washington football team. Would you rather be tackled by Chase Young at full speed or spend a night in prison? <laughs> First of all, I would rather spend the night. I'd rather spend a month in prison than be tackled by Chase Young. <laughs> Chase Young could decapitate me, bro. Like <laughs> you could kill you. I'm legit. <laughs> I don't, I don't want that smoke. Are you kidding me? Hell no. Like that dude could legit, like if he legit went for my leg, like my leg could literally fall off my body. Like that's like, that's how that would work. And, and Dave, it also speaks, also speaks to the fact that I, I don't put in a lot of leg days in my workout routine, but I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm just saying like, like I don't want any piece of that. Like I would rather live and, but live in jail. <laughs> so wait, so then I'll, let me ask you then, uh, would it matter to you if, would you spend a night in prison for me if it was came down to it? If I was going to have to get tackled no, I'll by Chase that for him, the no, answer is no. No, that's that's a no, bro. <laughs> Dave. Yeah. While while Sorry. we're going off topic here, I, I no, we don't we, we don't we don't have, we don't have, we don't have no, time. No, no, we we got to keep we got we got to keep the show moving. Eric, give me give me a winner. All right, so I had Curtis Samuel as well for the first reason he got paid. He's reuniting with a head coach that actually tried to trade for him last year, and the Panthers said no and said they lost him for nothing. Terry McLaurin was his college roommate, so he's going to a situation where he feels really wanted. But I'm going to just get into my second one because James said the majority of my other things for the first. It's the Bucks. They're bringing the band back, like you said. They re-signed Gronk. Leonard Fournette probably turned down more money. Dominican Sue, Donovan Smith. The Falcons look to be rebuilding. Drew Brees has gone from the division. And keep in mind, the Bucs didn't win the division. They went 0-2 against the Saints. So I think they're in prime position to rebound and potentially repeat because they're going to have the same squad and, in my opinion, a weaker division. So I think they're the biggest winners team-wise from what we've seen. I, I just, love it. I just want to reiterate 
like most things in finance, the cap is completely imaginary. Right. That's how it seems, honestly. Let's go back to you, James. Give us your second winner, and then after, we can go straight to the losers and go right back to you. So let's start with the the cherry on top of our winners here. Yeah, I mean, I think um, I think Jacksonville, obviously, when you add Trevor Lawrence, um, and I think Trevor Lawrence is probably the most exciting you know quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck, but um, I think they're, you know, you talk about low-key, sneaky fantasy spots, Jacksonville, 100% for sure. Like, Marvin Jones signing over there, perfect flanker for them, right? Like DJ Chark. And by the way, they're going to be fielding like a little mini basketball team now, you know, like DJ Chark's like tall, Marvin Jones tall. Like these guys are all go up and get it receivers. Um, And, and, you know, they've got a good running back there as well, man. I kind of sort of think like LaVisca Chenault, he's going to be a, a slot man for them and talk about a huge target in the slot. Like, I don't know, like that little trio of wide receivers between LaVisca, Marvin Jones, and DJ Chark, like that's a nasty little trio, bro. And then, you know, you, you're talking about an O-line that I think was you know, kind of sort of middle of the pack. So I don't really see too many holes um, on the offensive side of the ball. And the reason you kind of sort of get even more excited about it is the fact that their defense, not very good, right? So, and the reason I bring that up is because they're going to be forced into some shootouts. So that's not bad for me. Like, I think Jacksonville, all of those players are going to be undervalued. Um, And no one cares about Trevor Lawrence from a fantasy perspective, but I think he does elevate everybody on that offense. Um, And yeah, man, like I am interested in Jacksonville um, from a fantasy perspective, because I think Marvin Jones, DJ and LaVisca, these are all going to be really good uh, players that you can get at value. I think even James Robinson's probably going to go below what he probably should be going for. Um, and I think you're going to be able to find really good value uh, there in Duval. So let me ask you this, because I know a couple Jags fans and the order of how the receivers are going to be targeted, I think is being debated right now. In your mind, as we stand on March 30th, 2021, who's the wide receiver one, two and three in that offense? Is there, I don't, I'm confused. How is How could there possibly be any debate? Like DJ Charks are one. That's, That's what not, I think. But then who's I the mean, two and the three? I mean, first of all, with most NFL teams, the two and three are blended, right? So like Marvin Jones, LaVisca, they'll probably just be splitting up carries and or splitting up uh, targets. And uh, it'll be a very up and down season um, for both of those gentlemen. Uh, But that being said, if you're drafting them more as like a white, you have to set expectations. But we're talking about two guys that I think um, will be wide receiver threes and or flex plays uh, that will have boom and bust weeks. But honestly, I think that's okay. Uh, if that's where you're drafting them. Does Marvin Jones have the four touchdown game next year? <laughs> you know what, man? At some point, I bet you he will. He's he's a terrific contested catch guy. Um, and, and he has been kind of sneaky. He's been really sneaky good downfield. Like, for whatever reason, like, it's been like three, four years now. Like, and he's been roasting people downfield, and they still don't really kind of respect it. Um and I get it. It's because when you're playing alongside Kenny Galladay, like, what are you going to do? Obviously you've got to, you know, shade protection that way, but still though, um, with DJ Chark and LaVisca and, and, and all these weapons on offense, like he's still going to see a lot of single coverage. So that is going to be interesting. Yeah. I, I don't know about a four touchdown game, but I promise you he's going to have multiple two touchdown games next year. I like it. I like it. Let's go to the loser side and let's have each of you give us your biggest loser of the Aussie. we'll just do one your biggest one that you want to tell the world, make sure they know it. James, of course, we'll go right back to you. Who Bro, lost? You know, it's so funny, man. Like I'm, I'm watching your guy talk about the Patriots as the biggest winners. And I'm like, I'm like, dog, they are the, for me, they're the biggest losers. Uh, one of the biggest losers this oh. off season. Look, I like some of the moves they made, right? Like you get Trent Brown for free. That's amazing. Am- amazing move, right? You get Matthew Judon, you sign him away. Um, and we're talking about real football now, obviously, you know, but I'm, I'm saying like you, you signed Matthew Judah in a way from a divisional, uh, uh, not a divisional, but an AFC uh, opponent uh, that is likely going to be one of your rivals. Um, that's great. I love it. Judon's going to fit perfectly with what they do there in New England. But they massively overspent on offense, and I don't think they improved um, almost really at all, honestly. Um I look at what they did at the tight end position and do I like Hunter Henry? Of course. Do I, I, 
Um, uh, do I like the kid they signed from uh, uh, from Tennessee? Oh my God, I'm blanking. Johnny Smith. Johnny Smith. Johnny Smith. Of course, yes, he's going to be great in the run blocking department. You have to understand, though, they're giving almost ninety million dollars to the tight end position in terms of you know contract totals, right? That's a horrible way to build your offense. Um, Remember, the cap is fake. The cap. You could say the cap is fake, and that's fine. But team building is still team building, and I think in the short term, I don't think it helps them. Um, I'm just, I, I like, I think they massively overspent. You bring in a guy like Nelson Aguilar who had one random fluke career year with Oakland or excuse me, Las Vegas. That's a bad, that's a bad signing, right? Um, Trash Kendrick give, Bourne. You give Kendrick Bourne a three year yes! deal. Like what are we talking about? Right yeah. I think, I think they're I'm doing, like, I'm just, I think they're doing I'm the shocked. analytics thing. I think they're doing the analytics That's, thing. They they know they excel in a two tight end offense, so they went and got the best two tight ends available. And then they, you know, analytics. Nelson Aguilar. <laughs> well, I think Nelson Aguilar led my, the league my, my in man, like, you my know, man. depth That's of the, target. That's the opposite. It, it, look, well, hold on, hold on. That's the opposite of analytics. That's actually old school football. Like, oh, we have a scheme. We need scheme guys. So we're going to spend uh, yeah, Okay, yeah, you're right about that. Scheme guys, right? That so, was, it, you're right, uh, scheme, that was scheme. But at the Nelson Aguilar, at least, I think he led the league in, like, depth of target or something like that. And he runs a route tree that, you know, makes sense for for Cam. If, you know, if he's healthy, I, I don't know what to say about Cam. I think the, the ace in the hole here is Cam. Like, if Cam is is Cam, then it's going to be a great a great fit. If he's not, it's going to be bad. I think to your point, though, if Cam is Cam, then signing those other guys is irrelevant. It really is. If Cam is okay. not Cam, yeah. and Cam is the guy that we saw in the last six games of the season, struggling to get the ball out, I mean, throwing, you know, worm burners on the yeah. reg, like, then – Again, signing those guys is irrelevant. But either way, if you can see if you can see what I'm saying, when you re-sign Cam, then signing Nelson Aguilar and signing you know all like a, a gadget player in Kendrick Bourne, to me, it just I don't understand the moves. Not when John Brown is going for three point eight million on a one year deal. Not when Will Fuller is going for a one year ten million dollar deal. Not when Juju is signing for one year eight million. All these guys trying to cash in uh, when the salary cap goes up. You know that's what's going to happen. So you can you can underpay uh, some of these guys. So I was I was very kind of like. I think it was a mixed bag for the Patriots, but for me, they're one of the teams that I think, um, yeah, they made a splash and they, they signed all these dudes, but I don't think it helped them offensively, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think the Patriots are the example of someone that's so eager to like get to the party and they're going to just bring the most expensive item to the party and they're like, oh, this was just like a $20 limit. I spent $100 on something. Like like the, the type of deal where it's like well, they could have let the market kind of gel and see they, what it they was. Spent, they, they spent very do. early. They spent yeah. very to James's early. Point, to James's point, though, they didn't even go for the most expensive guys. Like, they just got the guys they wanted and paid them as if they were the most expensive. My thing is, though, I, I'm just, at this point now, like, I just know better than to look at, you know, whatever the headline number is or, you know, whatever they say the guaranteed number is. Like, I'm, it's just not that number. It's just not going to be. All right. Eric, why don't you just give us your loser real quick? Because I feel like I haven't talked to you in a while. I just want to see how you're doing. Yeah, no, they've had they've had good debate there. For me, it's Russell Wilson. So you look, the division, they got better. I mean, Matthew Stafford to the Rams, I think is kind of a missing piece they needed. Huge. The Cardinals got J.J. Watt, and Russell Wilson has already been the most sacked quarterback since he's entered the league. And now he has three amazing pass rushers in Watt, Nick Bosa, and Aaron Donald that he's going to have to face six times a year. The Seahawks didn't improve their entire offensive line. And I want to give Adam Rank credit for this because he wrote an article that every time Russell Wilson gets hit, every time the Seahawks lose, every time he appears frustrated on the sideline, that's going to be something that's talked about in the media. And he's never been thrown around like that before. And he's handled his business pretty well. He said, look, there is a, you know, there's teams I would like to get traded to, but I'm not demanding a trade. But if the Seahawks keep underperforming and they don't have many draft picks, they gave up two for Jamal Adams. They re-signed Chris Carson. They don't have a lot of young talent outside of their wide receivers. I think he's going to be in a position that he's never really been before. And he has to decide whether he's going to want to demand a trade, whether he's going to stick it out for the season and continue getting hit. So I think he's the biggest loser. And yeah, I don't have the stat in front of me. I remember looking it up a, a few weeks ago, but JJ Watt, I think was uh, 
he had two guys on him the most of any guy in the league last year and that he still had a really good pressure rate. And so with him having Chandler Jones on that line as well, they're not going to be able to put two guys on him quite as much. So I think that is another story why it's going to be bad for Russell Wilson as well. So uh, James looked like he's in deep thought there. I think he's debating. <laughs> whether. Uh, no, I, I think a, a lot of that is true. I, I just, it, I think we're kind of sort of overselling JJ Watt at this point. Yeah, well, I agree. You know? <laughs> look, look yeah. I mean, are you, are you, are you going to build your team around him? No, but I think he's still going to, I mean, take his production on the field, but in the locker room as well, he's going to motivate the players around him where maybe, maybe they weren't given a hundred percent prior, but they're going to want to play for him. Do we know yeah, that yeah, though? I mean, I think I think part of it too is like you know he's an he is a secondary piece to Chandler Jones, who by the way, like he's a Hall of Fame guy. Like it's crazy that Chandler Jones is a Hall of Fame player, and I think he's the most underrated defensive player in in the NFL. You know, he's an absolute beast and a disruptor on all levels, and people don't ever talk about him in terms of like you know, top five players. Like, it's funny when people were talking about like Nick Bosa or like, you know, like uh, TJ Watt or whatever. Like, I'm like, what about my dude Chandler Jones? Like Chandler mm-hmm. Jones is a, is a GD beast, bro. Like what is going on? <laughs> um, so I don't know, man. Anyways, um, uh, so, real quick, second loser for me, it has to be the Raiders. Like, I don't What the hell are these guys doing? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't, I don't get what I, they don't have a clear plan to me. Like, you decimate your offensive line and then you sign Kendrick Drake or Kenyon Drake, who like he's kind of sort of similar in build and stature and game plan as Josh Jacobs. So like not a really good complimentary piece. Uh, you kind of sort of ravage your offensive line and you ravage your offensive line with two, not just one, but two quarterbacks that absolutely hate getting hit. Right. Mm-hmm. Like Derek Carr and, and Marcus Mariota, they can't, they, they hate getting touched. They hate it. Um, and it disrupts them and disrupts their rhythm to, to, you know, the nth degree. So you got to keep these guys upright. Like, I don't, I was just like, I don't get what these guys are doing. You know, like signing John Brown for 3.8. That's great, man. That was an A plus move, but everything other than that, like losing Trent Brown for nothing. That's oh golly. And they overpaid him like crazy a couple of years ago. What do they you, did. What I do mean, you, they made him the highest paid left tackle. Um, but I mean, I don't know. It's hard to say. I mean, he was injured, so I don't know. What do you guys make of James Conner not being signed yet? Uh, he's ready to hit the dumpster because he's done. Quadster. Yeah. I think wow. I don't. All right. Yeah. He's going to be I've Sony never, Michelle I've next year been, whenever he gets to free agency. Well, I've never been a um, I've never been a James Conner guy. I just think that Pittsburgh has an uh, has an well, they did have a great offensive line. They've got a great run scheme too. Mm-hmm. Um, you put anyone back. I mean, they've proven it. Put you me back literally there. Literally put anyone back there, and they're going to put up numbers. Anyone. James um, didn't I mean, disagree. Benny Snell yeah, hasn't so, been so hot. Benny Snell had a good week one. Hey, listen. He, he had a good week. Hey, listen. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm not saying Snell's the answer, but. Snell gave you like 85% of James Conner for like one-tenth the price. So I, if I'm Pittsburgh, I'm definitely not in any kind of rush to bring back James Conner. And, and, and quite frankly, with the way the draft is going, you could probably pick up a really good running back in the second round. They, um, they just signed up. To do. They just signed Balazs. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Great piece there. <laughs> All right, well, let's let's transition from Kalen Balaj, but there is no transitioning from that. And <laughs> go to our question of the week. Question of the week. Oh, yeah. And we got to bring the energy. James has been bringing it all show, so I'm here to help him out a little bit. Question of the week. Sponsored by Monkey Knife Fight. Triple Play Fantasy is now an official affiliate to Monkey Knife Fight, the fastest growing sporting betting site in the United States. Use promo code Triple Play and get up to $50 of your deposit matched. When you become a new user and use that code, if you're looking to win some cash, make sure you follow the Triple Play Monkey Knife Fight shows coming soon to give you a 10 to 15 minute show with our locks to help you. I'm pointing to James, help you win big. <laughs> it's a fun game. I like Monkey Knife Fight. I think what they're doing, you know, with their with their player props and stuff is like is a lot of fun and it makes a lot of sense and it's very different. Um, this is totally a free plug for MK. You know. Like, <laughs> Yeah, like what they're doing with their game actually is different than your other DFS sites. And I think it's actually, I actually think it is kind of fun to play that, that format. 
Yeah, I, I love it. We've been really diving into it since we've been partnering with them, and uh, we're excited to to get our listeners more involved with it as well. Uh, James, not James, Brad, you are deciding what our question of the week is. You didn't tell anybody, even I though did. you do. So go ahead, tell us what it is. Uh, that was more of me being lazy as opposed to me being secret. But there you go. There you go. But James. James, you were nice enough to come on, so I, I kind of wanted to to help plug what you got going on. And thank you. Bro. I know that you have a you have a new uh, a new um, I guess venture. Yeah, a new venture with your website. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, I'm partnering up with Matt Harmon. It's receptionperception.com, um, and I think it's the finest tool in the business. Um, in, in regards to evaluating wide receivers. Now we're talking about whether you're talking about real life football or you're talking about fantasy football, we're going to be covering that um, either way. Um, and I think it's, it's a wonderful tool. And as a matter of fact, I, I have, I believe in it so much. Um, and this is a Matt Harmon product for those uh, folks who are kind of like uninitiated, but Matt Harmon is, is the premier wide receiver evaluator in fantasy football Um Hands down, bar none, and I, I will not hear any argument otherwise. Uh, but his, his very unique metric that he puts out with success rates and charts, and now we've got sortable stats. Um, the website is free right now, receptionperception.com. And, and again, I, would just want, I just want people to check it out, you know. But partnering up with him um, is great. Uh, I'm kind of sort of more like on the business side of things and um, a little bit more behind the scenes. Um, it is Matt Harmon's baby. It's his project, and it's my job to make sure that his star shines as bright as possible. Um, but at the end of the day, I absolutely believe in the product. I really want people to go check it out. Um, the paywall is going to be going up in the next uh, couple couple weeks here. So, um, but it's a free preview as of right now. It All is right, great there stuff. We go. It is so, great stuff. James Coe and Matt Harmon. You know, they're doing a little wide receiver analysis. So we're going to both our question in the week uh, and our game of the week. I do want to ask him. I do want to ask him before we get to the the last part of the show, the game of the week, because the question of the week always is a fun little spin. I want to get James the full triple play experience. So, James, pancakes, waffles or French toast? Did you just hijack my question of the week? I did. (laughs) Wow. I'm I think I think I like waffles. I like it. That's a good answer. First of all, first of all, pancakes are last. That one wasn't hard for me. Agree. I had okay. to choose between French toast and waffles, and I think I go with waffles because I like the crispiness of it. You know, like if you get soggy waffles, that's that's a complete non-starter. <laughs> you know, but like you get like that nice little crisp on it. Now we're cooking. Uh, I can't argue. The crispy waffles are really good. I uh, I think French toast when it's made right is always going to be the one point oh one. But uh, I, I like I like the answer, Brad. I will give it back to you for the last part of the show, the game. Take it away, birthday boy. Well, I can't follow that, even though waffles are just a venture, uh, a vessel for syrup. But uh, if you were if you were a wide <laughs> receiver and true. the draft was today, which yeah. QB would you least want to play with? Least want to play with? Um, oh, man, I've really got to go through here. Um, I, might, I might least want to play with, gosh, boy. This one's tough. I can think I of a good like, one. I feel like Tua's <laughs> down there. That's, really? That was down that was my first. Um, I was I was thinking Alex Smith because he's just gonna dump it off to running backs. Yeah, but he's not he's not starting, he's not right? Starting. So like, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I, I thought starters. I thought you meant I thought you meant any active quarterback. No, no, starter. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, starter. yeah, yeah. So I think. Oh man, he's down there. Boy, Ben Roethlisberger's down there. Mm. Andy Dalton. Uh, I mean, Andy Dalton's not great, but he's not horrible either. Um, How do you feel I'm, about Lamar? Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, that might be the winner right there. Lamar Jackson? Yeah, I love him. I, was, I love him as a, a fantasy receiver, player, but, but if yeah. I was a wide receiver, that's kind of rough. You know what's interesting? I, I, boy, I don't know. I, I actually think Marquise Hollywood Brown was the problem in that equation. Oh, oh I love oh, that. This is this, this is a hot take. Spicy. That's spicy. I it, it kind of is, but honestly, I think Hollywood was horrendous last year. Um, he was. And uh, and I don't think, I mean, I don't think you can really blame some of his drops and or some of his lack of separation on Lamar. I think his body, t- I think his body language sucked. Um, I think his performance on the field was subpar, um, and all of that stuff kind of sort of compounds on itself uh, when we're talking about a quarterback. 
um, that is look obviously Lamar struggles with accuracy too um, you know I think that's I think that's a fair evaluation but certainly his pass catchers did not help him whatsoever um, and then the body language was awful you know like uh, you, you, it's like come on dude like he this passed. guy's a year he's a year removed from an MVP campaign bro like come on yeah. Hollywood come on bro like relax you know what I'm saying so I, I guess I, I guess I thought Hollywood was more the issue than than Lamar and can we also say this? Lamar feasted on bad teams in his MVP season. Yeah. He, like the first six weeks of the season, he was he played the the softest schedule maybe in NFL history. Um, and when he had to play real teams, then he kind of sort of came back to earth. And I think we kind of sort of saw that there play out in a longer version of itself. Uh, there in 2020 and then plus his receivers regressed a little bit but man talk about a team that needs Lamar uh, Lamar Jamar Chase in the worst way Baltimore would be a perfect landing spot for that for him but um, but yeah no I don't know it's funny like I don't I, I actually no I don't I don't really um, begrudge uh, Lamar Jackson that much I, I kind of sort of view it as a Hollywood Brown problem yeah I don't just I mean it's interesting to kind of see both sides of it um, but I want to make sure we get you out of here on time, so we'll quickly transition, finally. 2,000 years later. To the game of the week, Brad. Give us game our short and, short and sweet version, and then we'll get Mr. James Coe out of here. All right, we're going to play a little true or false for oh. wide receiver salary cap okay. AAVs. You guys ready okay. for this? Okay. All right, let's do it. DeAndre Hopkins makes over 28 million dollars a year aav oh that's false that's under i'm gonna say true i'm gonna say false the answer is false he is at 27.25 oh it is close it's close that, it was it was close wow, that, that was more crazy. than i thought i can't believe yeah that's way more than i thought it was that's interesting all right next up we're gonna do keenan allen 21 million AAV. 21 million AAV. I'm going true. Uh, false. They just they just paid him. I'm going to say I'm going to say false. I think it's under that. Dave, what's the, I said uh false. All right, the answer is false. He is yeah. 20.025 AAV. There you go. All right. All right. So James we'll has got down two. A little bit here. James has got two. I've got one, and Eric's got one. Mm-hmm. Let's do let's do five to make it quick. All right. Robbie Anderson, ten million AAV. Robbie mm. Anderson, ten million AAV. True. Uh, I'm gonna say true. True. He signed two year twenty last year. Exactly true. That was a little bit of a trick question. I gave you right on the line. All right, Juju Smith. <laughs> Nine million AAV. Is he over or under? Oh, he's under. 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 Oh, you guys are good. He's at eight million. Yeah, yeah but that, that just we, recently. Yeah. We just talked his contract. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. All right. Yeah. Cole Beasley, four million AAV. Oh, that's over. Over or under? Over. All right. Well, this is the last one, and it's it's over, but if I'm one to tie, then I have to say under, so <laughs> <laughs> it is over. It's seven point two five million. Yeah. Oh man, just James is coming in and wiping the floor with us. He just uh he made that look super, super easy. The thing is the thing is I actually love talking about contracts. Like not, oh, so now like, not that I'm like uh good at evaluating it, but like I'm interested in it, you know? Um so yeah, no evaluation of it all. Like I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, like I feel like Brad and I could have like an hour-long convo as to like <laughs> the Patriots spending eighty-eight million combined on Johnu yes. and Hunter. You know what I'm saying? Like Absolutely. we could go back and forth on that. You know what I mean? Like, but it's just yeah. For me, I'm I'm interested uh, in those numbers. It's like a fantasy football's version of first take right there. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, no free plugs, no free plugs. Yeah, you're no right, you're right. That's that, that's yeah, my fault. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but James, man, this was an absolute blast for us. Thank you so much for coming on the show tonight. Oh, dude, it's all good, man. And if I could just give one more last shameless plug for my oh, YouTube you, you, channel. You, 
you, James, you discredit me as a host. That's where I was going <laughs> next. Go ahead and fly. I was going to say anything you would like to plug is all yours, my friend. Nice. Yeah. I mean, like, look, I'm just trying to get this thing off the ground. I mean, if you go to my page, you know, I got like 40 subs, you know, so like, obviously I'm just getting this bad boy started. Um, but yeah, man, like if, uh, if anyone wants to support the cause, that'd be cool. And like I said, um, we're going to be coming out with live shows and stuff, um, and, and, and segments and everything all throughout this off season. So, um, it should be a lot of fun and I'm really looking forward, um, to kind of getting that page up and running. Actually first show will be tomorrow morning. So you'll see it tomorrow, 10 AM, uh, West coast time. Awesome. Well, I'm on spring break. So you have guaranteed one viewer ship from me. Love it. Uh, uh, but he, I mean, James does great stuff. I stumbled upon that YouTube yesterday. Again, it is just blew my mind. He actually, I think, has almost as many subs as we've had in a month compared to in one day. So absolutely killing it. Awesome stuff from him. Make sure you're following him on Twitter also. James, where can they find you on Twitter? Uh, at James Deco. I mean, this is all, it's all, you know, normal, you know, branded stuff like, you know, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, James Deco. Search it. You'll find it. I love it. Love it. And everybody that's watching, we thank you for watching. Everybody listening, thank you for listening. We will be back next week with Adam Rank making his second appearance on the show Ooh. in a month. Uh, yeah, he, he uh, the entire first episode was all movies. <laughs> so this time we'll talk a little bit about football. But Maybe. Every, yeah, but everybody, again, <laughs> appreciate you guys tuning in. More fire content coming from your guys at Triple Play Fantasy. Talk to you guys soon.